At Fountain Springs Church, we want to show people who Jesus is, wherever they are. We believe that anyone and everyone matters, and that's why we have a goal as a church to reach at least 10% of the more than 50,000 people in the Black Hills region who don't know who God is yet. But to do this, we believe we're going to have to think a little bit differently about how to do church. And one of the places that's happening is right here at our online location. Think about this. We live in a world fueled by technology where we can meet with people on the other side of the globe anytime we want from the comfort of our own living room. What if church existed online as more than just streaming video? What if we could meet together, learn together, we could fellowship together, and even serve together online? What if you could have someone pray over you right there in your living room? Right here, people from all over the world are watching together the exact same service at the exact same time. To your right, you'll see a chat window. There we can interact in real time. You can share your questions, praises, even your struggles with fellow believers. We even have a team of volunteer hosts who will guide you through the service, who can have that conversation with you, who can answer your questions, and even pray with you one-on-one. -on -one. Thanks to technology, we're able to share the gospel with more people than ever before. So join us online as we learn together who Jesus is.
When I grew up going to church, you'd show up and they'd give you what was called a bulletin. It was a piece of paper, folded typically, and it would give you the order of the service. Basically, it would tell you exactly what was going to happen as it was going to happen. The problem with the bulletin was it would oftentimes lead those of us who go to church often into a very routine, rhythmic life of approaching God where it was just something we did. Huh? Same thing happens without a bulletin nowadays. <laughs> we come and we expect, especially if you're regularly here amongst us, you know that sometimes life has this tendency to be just so going and moving and, and there's things happening and, and going on that, that we go to church and we kind of just expect nothing. So we started a series last weekend on prayer. A very common conversation, especially amongst Christians and churches where we say we talk to God, it's important. If you're anything like me, when I went to school, um, the lectures were fine, but frankly, they were boring to me. (laughs) Uh, I grew up in a pastor's home. I don't remember most of the sermons. I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't say that. So I think it's time that we don't talk more about prayer, but we do some prayer together. So we have gathered today, and it will be different. It will feel different. It will look different. It will interrupt the routine. It's intentional. And so I'm going to invite you into a time that perhaps you might be willing to at least silence your phone, perhaps even be willing to turn your phone off if that's up to you. I don't know, unless you got a kid in the kid's ministry. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be willing to engage God. Uh, here's, let me show you. A, a, it's a paraphrase of Matthew chapter 6. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. That's what I'm talking to you about. Sometimes we go to church and we role play, do we not? We literally like, yeah, I know what I'm supposed to do as I'm supposed to do it. But just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. Woo. And you will begin to sense His grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice peddling techniques for getting what we want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with. And he knows better than than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. My favorite part is this. The focus will shift from you to God. I don't know what your week has been like. Good, bad, I don't know. But I do know that we gather together. However, we gather, we gather, and oftentimes our focus is on a long list of things. When the intention is that you and I gather and we put our focus, no matter what it's been on, but we put it on God. And so, we want to help lead us all into this. So here's what I'm going to invite you to do. In a little bit, we're going to go through different prayer times I'm going to invite you at times if you want to come up front and to pray for healing, pray for supply. We're going to take communion together. We're going to pray silently amongst each other. But I think to make sure that our, our focus is off of us and onto God, I want to first invite us to maybe we don't have the words, so we're going to sing some of the words. So let me invite everyone to stand up. Please just stand up. And I invite you that whether you like to sing or not, at least pay attention to the words because our agenda is very simple that we have taken the time to gather. We've taken the time to be amongst each other, right? So let's make sure that we do this with intentionality. Let's focus on God, not on everything that we brought in. So let's sing or let's listen to the words 
And let's worship God. Sing this with us. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, say that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my life. Sing, riches I heed not. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance, now and no ways. Thou and thou only are first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure thou art. Oh God, be my everything, be my delight, be Jesus my glory, my soul satisfied. Oh God, be
reason that I never alone. Sing it out. You're good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Yeah. Oh, and I've seen many searching for Bye. 
sing it. Amen. Can we thank him for that together? But you guys can go ahead and have a seat for a moment. So hopefully you're a little bit further along where the focus isn't, isn't on as much, but it's more on God. I, when, when Jesus was asked, how do we pray? We gave an answer. Here's the problem with his answer. We often misinterpret his answer. Sometimes we get so attached to what he said, we forget why he said it. And I think some of us have gone to the Lord's Prayer, what it's called, and we think that's the only thing we can talk to him about. So I want us to go through this. We're going to spend time. I'm going I'm to cut it up, and we're going to spend time going after what I think God wants us to go after so that we are focused entirely on him. After he said, let's get the focus on God, not ourselves, this came up, and you'll recognize it. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now here's what he was trying to help you and I get, that we're supposed to engage God relationally. He is our Father. But not only is he just our Father, we want his way, which sometimes that's tough. So we start off conversations with God. We approach God. We start putting the focus on God by saying, guess what, God? We acknowledge your God. You are the Father, the Almighty God. Romans 8.15 says, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. If you read throughout the Bible, you will learn all these different names given to God, people recognizing this is who you are. It is a great way to begin conversations with God, acknowledging who he is. Father, sanctifier, righteous one, healer, victory, shepherd, peace, provider. I don't know where you land with those names, but I do believe this that if we're gonna engage God, we need to acknowledge that he is God and you and I are not. That his way, although we may not love it every time, that we are okay with it and we accept it. So here's what I'd like us to do. I'd like for us to bow our heads, close our eyes, just for the sake of focus. And would you be willing perhaps to just privately engage God, acknowledging who he is. And if you're going, I'm not sure who he is, David. Well, then begin to ask him, God, I'm not sure who you are, and I'm wrestling with that. Would you help me know who you are? But if you have a word, if you have a name, if you have simply a moment you want to call him Father, just privately begin to talk to him by telling him who he is. And that is a great way to begin to put the focus entirely on him. I'll turn the time over to you. Just have some private time with him.
I want us to continue in this moment. Just drawing near to God, or he's drawn near to us. He's calling us into that deeper relationship with him. So we're going to sing a few more songs here in this moment. But I just want to invite you to, to respond how you would like. There are different forms, different postures of worship. There's singing, there's standing, there's lifting hands, there's kneeling, or just sitting and reflecting on the words, the power that are found in these words. So over these next few songs, I just want to invite you to respond how you will today.
Spirit strong in me 
sing that chorus one more time together. I'm no longer slave to sin. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Amen. If you'd like, you can grab a seat. When Jesus was leading into prayer, he said, all right, start, start with acknowledging that God is God. And, and you remember we, before the prayer where Jesus said, all right, here's the goal of prayer, is that we would take the focus off of ourselves and put the focus on God. That makes perfect sense. We're talking about God. Yes, yes, yes. And then the prayer starts, all right, Father, yes. And the prayer goes on, like your will, not my will. You're in charge, yes. And, and the focus is on God. But, but then it changes in, in what appears to be a weird way. It, it goes after this. Give us today the food we need. At first glance, you're like, wait a minute. Focusing on God. We're talking to God. It's about God. He's awesome. And now we've just, we've turned it to, now we're talking about us again. At first glance, you might think that the subject just changed, but it didn't. It's still all about God. I don't think it was just literal what he wanted you and I to do. I believe with my whole heart when Jesus said, you want to know how to pray? Then I want you to go to God and depend on him for whatever you need, whatever you crave, in the sense of you need food, you need clothing, you need shelter, you need healing, you go to God because you depend on God. It was not a, here, genie, here's my wish list. It was, here, you are God, so I have to have you intervene in my life. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to apply this. For a long time in churches, there's what's called the altar. Uh, the altar, in essence, is the front of uh, the stage that, where you can come and you can kneel, you can stand. Many times people have come to what's called the altar and, and decided to follow Jesus. Many people have come to the altar and, and asked God to heal them, and, and he's healed them. Yes, God can heal you in your seat. Yes, God can meet you in your car. But for years, there's been something special about us getting off our tails and going up to the altar and saying, you know what? I physically need to approach God. So I'm gonna invite you to do that, but here's what I want you to do. You have needs. I am certain you have needs. Some of you, you are craving that God would heal you I want to give you a moment here where you can come up and kneel or pray and ask God to heal you. We're going to have folks who will be willing to pray with you. Some of you have other needs that maybe aren't even physical. Could be relationship. Psalm 121. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Church, some of you are going to have to be very bold. Getting up in an environment like this, you think, oh, people will watch me. People will think that I've been doing bad things. Or people, No, 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 not this church. Some of you will have to be brave. It'll be an act of bravery. Some of you, you're, you're used to it. But I encourage you, you are amongst a group of people who will not judge you. We will actually probably be praying for you as you go up. So I encourage you to seize this moment. Come to the altar, pray, pray in your seats. 
But Jesus said to go to him with our needs because we depend on him. Let's do just that. So I invite you into a time to take what posture you would like and bring to God your needs, whatever they may be.
So Jesus goes to the core. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the prayer, but let me read it to you. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. I may not know you incredibly personally, but I'm well aware that you fight spiritual wars all the time, that you have temptations, that the evil one has traps set out for you and the people around you, for all of us, frankly. And I'm well aware that you and I have days, seasons, I don't know what you want to call it, where we actually have given in to temptation. Some of us are withholding forgiveness from others. And when Jesus was asked, hey, how do we pray? Yeah, we go to God and acknowledge God is God. And we bring the stuff that we, that we need, the tangible stuff, but he does not neglect the fact that we are in a world where there is evil, temptation, there is sin, and we need to go after that. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Here in a moment, I'm gonna invite you to participate in what's called communion. 
If you're unfamiliar with communion, the, the, the rules about communion are often misunderstood and miscommunicated. Communion is simply a time to remember that Jesus is our Savior. You don't have to be a member of our church, but the Bible is clear that you do need to believe that Jesus is your Savior. The Bible also instructs us to not go into communion with unforgiveness in our heart. Some of us have not forgiven ourselves, frankly. Some of us have not forgiven others. Some of us, I think, need to have a time where we could just confess to God privately, just saying, God, I got some stuff that I've, I've kind of been knowing is going on in my life, and I haven't shared it with you, confessed it to you. So, so here's what we're going to do. Here in a moment, we're going to pray, and then after prayer, you're going to be released by row by row by ushers to come take communion. If communion to you is completely foreign, let me explain this. Jesus was having pretty much a final meal with his disciples, and he changed the meaning of several elements in their meal. One of them was bread. He broke bread, passed it. He said, you know, each time you do this from now on, I want you to remember my body's going to be broken for you. It's got to be broken. If you know your Bible or just history in general, you know that Jesus' body was not actually broken. So at first glance, you might think, so what really happened? Well, before all of this played out, the curtain in the temple. In the temple, you could approach, but only approach so far. There was a curtain that blocked you from the presence of God. You couldn't go past that. If you went past that curtain, you, were, you just immediately died. For years upon years, the presence of God was on the other side of the curtain and you could not approach the curtain. But in the Bible, it says the curtain was referred to as the body of Jesus, the body of the Messiah. And when Jesus was crucified on the cross and he died, people wrote in the Bible, but even historians out of the Bible wrote that that curtain tore. It was not by accident or just a part of an earthquake. It was God saying, you now have access to me. No longer are you restricted. You have access to me. And Jesus was being clear as he was having a meal with his disciples saying, I'm breaking this bread. I want you to remember that my body's going to be broken for you. Here's, they would have been interpreting that and processing that across history, saying, we now get access. But he wasn't done. You guys know that. He passed what we believe to be a goblet of wine. He said, from now on, when you drink this, I want you to drink it in remembrance of my blood being shed for you. Not only was Jesus going to give us access to God, but he was going to pay the price for all of our sins that not only meant we could access God, we could spend forever with God, all of our shame, regret, sins being washed clean. And he was saying, I don't want you to ever forget this. And so he said it amongst these elements known as communion, bread and wine. So in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come up and get a piece of bread and a little cup of juice and to take it back to your seat. And when you're ready to remember that Jesus did all of that for you and I, you have your own time, you can eat the bread and drink the juice. But I think we need to prep for that moment. I think we need to enter a time of confession, of as what some of us might know as getting right with God. So would, would you, would you, just to indulge me, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I'm not going to direct the whole conversation, but let me lead it. God, would you help us in this moment?
you help us to be willing to be so vulnerable with you that we would share with you what we know you already know. But God, you tell us that there's healing in confession. So God, for any of us right now wrestling with this, hear our hearts. God, for those who are withholding forgiveness from others, would you, would you forgive us of that? And would you begin to break our heart and soften our hearts towards others? You forgive us, we don't deserve it. Help us to forgive others. Well, God, we, we take this moment on purpose and remember that you went much further than any of us are ever willing to go. You did what we cannot do for ourselves and for others. God, we thank you for Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us, coming back to life for us. We remember this in this moment that we need a Savior. So God, we give you this time as we literally commune with you and remember that we have salvation, we have forgiveness, mercy, and grace are real. God, we love you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ushers will release you, and if you would like to participate in communion, you're welcome to do so. Yeah. 
Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing? We're going to sing one more song. We haven't sung this in a while. But it still rings true today that he is faithful and he will not delay. Let's sing this out. My foes are many. They rise against me. But I will hold my ground. I will not fear the war. I will not fear the storm. My help is on the way. My help is on the way.
Amen. Can we thank him for his faithfulness today? Well, hey, thank you guys so much for being a part of this Abide Weekend with us and being willing to do something different. And it's our prayer that we would go from here uh, seeking every opportunity that we can to abide in his presence and to draw near to him. We love you guys. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time.